Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast. A podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each WrestleMania one at a time. out there all you wrestling maniacs all you nostalgia holics and hardcore members of the iwc and all you casual fans who like your pro wrestling on the tv thank you for downloading the WrestleManiacs podcast my name is alex ketchman as always i'm here with the man with the plan producer bob wick bob how you doing we're gonna get down today baby indeed we <laughs> are <laughs> i love it and the captain of keeping it real, off to a great start, Jake Russell. Jake, how you doing? What up, though? And a Detroit greeting to all you wrestling fans out there. Once again, thank you guys for downloading. Please hit us up on Facebook or Gmail with all your feedback. Because this week, we are going to be talking about the go-home Raw before the next WrestleMania, WrestleMania 15. And we are in the middle of the Attitude Era. But before we get into that, guys, how are we? Good week? Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Doing all right. right. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I got a show coming up. You just want to plug that, you know, cheap Go plug. I'm gonna plug my own stuff. Do it. Had a decent yeah. exposure on the Wednesday and Thursday of this week. So, well, I shouldn't say that. On the night that this drops, decent exposure will be playing at Go Comedy, and will also be the following night, Thursday, March 5th, uh, at Go Comedy at 10 p.m. Do not bring your children. This is an adult show. Go. Is it an improv show or what kind of? It show? is a sketch show. Uh, it's oh. a sketch comedy show. The actors also wrote it. Uh, Chris Fortin is the director, and Sean Goldman, uh, Golden, Golden, is the assistant director. Uh, I really like it. Oh wow! It's yeah. gonna be a lot of fun. Okay. Okay. That sounds dope. Uh, I'll little, be there. A little bit of everything in it. It's gonna. It's gonna be. Uh, the class wrote it, right? Yeah, the class. Yeah, we all wrote it. Um, it was kind of a new thing that goes doing where they teach you how to, the general principles of writing a sketch comedy, and then show you how quick how you can do it in a fast paced format yeah the process yeah mm-hmm. so we did four weeks yeah. of writing re- and revising and then four weeks of rehearsal and then we're doing it so yeah. uh so did was it people bringing in their own sketches or did you improvise to sketch no we uh we had to write and then okay that's uh, cool yeah i was curious about that because uh, yeah because it's the i think this is the first time they've done it so yeah it actually is this is the first time goes done this it's called the performance so it's a it's a mix of writing and then you actually perform because a lot of the That's writing awesome. classes you just do the writing and then you're not obligated to act in the show uh, but i actually we always thought if i wrote a show i'd want to be in it you know <laughs> so it was actually perfect and it's been a, it's right. been so much fun the class is really good and it's been a really good learning experience i hope to do some more writing in the future now but well since you plugging shit might as well plug some shit um uh, one of the nights, your show uh, is going to be uh, going up uh, Thursday, March 5th, right before your show at 9 p.m. Come see my show. I ain't no joke. Blend of stand-up and improv. Uh, real fun show. Uh, going to have comedians telling jokes um, and improvisers do um, do some scenes based off of jokes. Real fun uh, show. Are you doing a set? Huh? Are you, are you, you're, um, I think you said in the beginning, you're hosting. Are you doing a set when you host? Do you, I, I've seen it once, but I don't remember like the 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 outline. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not doing any stand up. I'll do it, some improv. I'm not oh, doing any stand up. All yeah. right. I mean, one. I mean, I'll do some stand up in the show probably in the future, but not now. Okay. Yeah. I still haven't seen your stand up, and I, I want to see some of that. Yeah. Jake's stand up is really good, and the and, and I ain't no joke because I've been to multiple of them. There, it's a fun show. I'm actually a little more nervous now that we got to follow that. So that's so it's going to be difficult to follow. What, you, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, that's a great show. Like, the comedians are always really good. The improvisers are always really good. It's a, it's a fun show. So it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be tough to follow. Got to yeah. keep it up. Got to keep the energy levels up. Take the, be ready to, we, we gonna, Take the we, challenge. We're gonna we gonna warm them up for y'all. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Anyway, speaking of warmed up, I am fired the fuck up to talk about this week's episode raw on. What was it? March twenty second, nineteen ninety nine. You know, I knew we were gonna watch this raw, but I didn't know that this was one of the most iconic raws in history until we, we started it. watching it. And like the first take ten seconds in, oh, I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, this is that raw!" I remember this clip. I remember this clip. Yeah, all day. Yeah, just like like one of the top five attitude era moments, probably. I, like me and Jake both said it at separate times. We walked in today before we record. First thing I said to Alex was, man, I enjoyed this Raw. 
probably more than most of the the WrestleManias we've watched. Yeah, I mean this this from start to finish. There's a lot of stories happening. All these different characters have different things going on, and everybody's tied into some kind of storyline. It's and the crowd is the crowd is on fire for Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he's all over this show, and it just starts off, and it's just the parking lot, and we see the iconic beer truck, which yeah. was like the go sign from. Like, that's when I realized, oh my God, this is like one of those raws that I remember. I can start quoting already, and. We know Stone Cold's going to come in later with the beer truck. We've also entered like that era of where they open up a Raw with like the long interview monologue, you know, kind of explaining what's going on. And right now we have the corporation come out with Mr. McMahon and the corporate champion, The Rock, who does a hell of a promo talking about his upcoming main event <laughs> against Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Rock was killing me, man. The Rock is the best. I... I that's something I miss about today's product. There, like, if The Rock was not The Rock, you know who he is now, like the actor. If he was just still wrestling in WWE, there would be nobody who'd still, to this day, be able to touch him. Like, no one can hold, can step up to him when it comes to just. I'm, and I'm talking about just wrestling, just the mic work. Just who can cut a promo better than The Rock? And since him, like, I think the closest we've gotten to it. And this is not apples to apples at all. Uh, Enzo, just because of the energy that he had when he when he came out, like people enjoyed that. He had charisma. But he couldn't wrestle worth a a lick, uh, <laughs> <laughs> man. But yeah, he could. The man could talk. Uh, I will say, can't yeah. rap. <laughs> no, he cannot. But no, he. Uh, yeah, I guess he had those catchphrases and. The audience really got up for that. The Rock at this time like, is trying so hard to be hated, but man, like the audience really they wants love to. Good. They really they want love to love him. Like they're hanging off. They repeating his. They repeating his. Um, all his. Uh, his phrases and everything. And like he's saying his phrases at different speeds, yeah. so the audience can't keep along with him. You know. Yeah. Just, you know, Kirk it's him, great. But like, they love it. And and there's and there's, and there's moments when he'll be like. Uh, Hold on, this is a sing along with The Rock. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's just his work with Michael Cole. Man, I can hear, I can listen to The Rock abuse Michael Cole all day, every day. You shut your mouth, Michael Twice Cole. Twice on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole bunch of guys in the audience. Like, there's like five dudes with their shirts off and they all holding signs, know your damn role. <laughs> yeah. They all got t shirts off. Well, that's up. another thing, you know. It's like, and I know. Half the signs that are uh, they're out there are given to people as they walk in. Like that used to be a thing. Like yeah, WWE would like print their own signs if they want to sell a storyline and hand them out. Uh, but there's a lot of signage during like this era. Yeah, this was a this was a DIY era. Like everyone brought their own signs. Um, you can't paint somebody's chest in the lobby for. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Can we paint your chest for TV? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> that'd be my answer, or my answer probably. Like, yeah, and then like somebody yeah, come up, somebody would come up, all ex- right, sec- at the next yeah, fucking event, security <laughs> would come up there and be like, uh, "You need to, like, you need to leave." What is this guy out with WWF? No, he's just no. some guy who wanted to see your nipples. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, write that for your next show. Was <laughs> <laughs> like the same, but like with the Rock, like how the fans love him so much, even though he's a heel. Right. The same thing with Stone Cold, like. Both these guys, they're so good at being assholes. I mean, whoops. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, I think we, we, we're never going to be PG. I, I'm over it after we tried last. Yeah. <laughs> we can still be PG-13. Yeah. Yeah, we get one. All right, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Sorry, it. kids. Yeah, right. Anyway. Us. <laughs> we tried. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get into it. I'll tell you what, watching you try not to swear has been a, a joy for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> it's, it's actually kind of fun. All I want to do say right now is fuck. I feel like uh, feel like Biggie Smalls on like one of his last freestyles. He was on the radio. He was like, he wanted to rap. He was like, hey, man, can I cuss? Can I cuss? He's asking, could he curse and shit? But that's how I feel now. But um, yeah, like but like I was saying, like, we're just same thing with the uh, – the Rock and Stone Cold, they were both like so great at being like heels, 
being people that you hated that yeah. they were relatable and like you know and that's that's just that's just a good character that's just good that's just talent right there if you ask me i mean even like the uh the secondary characters you know like people if you think about the divisions now like your tag team divisions and stuff like that even in during this i mean even those divisions in this era era um not era era um are in, are fun to watch you know you have your road dogs you have your gold dust you have like people like right now in their slot is this a time filler this is like compelling stuff this is really good storytelling yeah and that was the biggest i think uh the most important thing for the Attitude Era was the fact that in WWF slash E, I think they make the change shortly after this, but about two years after, right? Maybe about two thousand one, two thousand two. That's when they make. That's when they make the. So we're still change. we're still WWF, and they every character has a storyline, and it's not just a one week we're going to get this match out. It's multiple weeks leading up to a pay per view, at least a month, or maybe two pay per views. So everyone, even if you don't like who the champion is or who the tag team champions are, you can have a favorite tag team because they're involved in some kind of story and you can get to know them and relate to them and you can pick them and watch their journey. Right now, it's just kind of people going out doing, you know, winning or losing and there's nothing really to it. So you don't have that opportunity to see a long story and a long build for somebody making their way up like you did with the Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels. But now they're doing it with everyone all at the same time. And that's when everything got really, really hot for these guys. Well, that's what, like what I like about these characters, and even even in the um, like the the decades coming up to this, there is a commitment to a want. Every character has a want, and that gives the character depth. Um, right now, you have characters are very generic. Everybody, everybody wears the same black or dark blue type outfit. Uh, you know the good guys and the bad guys by what they're doing that week rather than their com- complete arc, you know? Um, and, and their, their wants changed. It, it seems like at, at, at a whim, like hmm. uh, the cool, like we're going to get to it, but like the road dog wanting that belt is so important that he would wrestle his best friend for it. And that is believable because he has promised us that is the only thing he wants in this world. Yeah. Nowadays, they'd be like, oh, I, I kind of wanted the 24. Like, the 24 7 belt didn't really catch on, A, because it wasn't that great of a gimmick, but B, like, no one really wanted that, you know, except for, except for like, R Truth and that other dude. And that's why they got it the most, because it was the most compelling characters in that, you know, storyline. Yeah, R Truth is great. And he, he actually made that, t- he was getting that belt making that belt have some importance because it was important to him and he was an entertaining character and he's been around for a while. So you know him and you, and you want to see him get what he wants. You want to see him succeed. I think. Well, they kind of like, isn't that in the 24 seven title? I don't know. I kind of like, I, I haven't watched that. It's kind of fizzed out for real. I, I haven't, I didn't, I know I never really seen that storyline or matches with that, but like, isn't that pretty much what the hardcore title was? Yeah. Towards the yeah. end, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was the hardcore title without the violence. It was more it was more comedic, mm-hmm. you know, because it would be like, oh, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the uh, the gender would be, it would have the title, but fall asleep on the plane. But since he's on his back, you can cover him and one, two, three, get it. Like, yeah, stuff that, like it was really. I thought it was like a good good tool for social media. Um, go to for social media because they had you could put on Twitter it was I think it was R-Truth had a referee on the plane Jinder Mahal was like reclined all the way back and he came in and put like one finger on his chest and the referee like banged on the seat next to him counted three and he oh took that's kind of funny it <laughs> is it, 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 he was doing some really funny stuff with it and honestly in a, in a show like that has a lot of laurels now because the story isn't that interesting at some points um, having something like that kind of like brings up the energy so mm-hmm. it was kind of cool. So and honestly, like it, it, the last match, the, the R Truth like uh, gauntlet match, there was that really comedic moment where he won by the guy was on his back and he slipped and fell and kind of landed. Like the timing on that was really cool. That's that's some like old school black and white 
like Charlie Chaplin movie shit. Like that was great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, our truth did a good job at the Super Showdown. That's about the only good job I saw at the Super Showdown. But oh man, Ooh. we'll not talk about that. I'm just sad. Let's just say that wrestling fans, I'm sad. At what happened at the end of the Super Showdown? It ruined my day. I'm so glad I watched this after the Super Showdown because it brought me back into wrestling. Legit, like after Super Showdown, I was like, I don't know, I almost quit the podcast. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I won't I'm talk out. about wrestling no more. I'm, fuck Goldberg. Well, back in the days of the Attitude Era, we got the champion, The Rock, and he's with the corporation, and they're all talking about their matches. We got Shane versus X-Pac for the European title. Um, and then we have The Rock talking about his match with Stone Cold, and he's interrupted by Mick Foley, Mankind, in a referee shirt that he was hand- handmade in a basement with the lights off. It's crooked <laughs> spray paint lines on, a, on the, the white collared shirt, which I love. Uh, this is like my favorite uh, evolution of the evolution of the mankind character. This is this lot, is my favorite. You're giving him a lot of credit. Like it was, pre, it was still pretty cool. A referee shirt to do it in the basement. Yeah. Off. yeah, right. That I, looks like the <laughs> Halloween costume. Your mom makes you like, oh, this is better than the store bought, baby. <laughs> like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, I do not look like a Power Ranger. I don't want to go get candy now. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is your robe. I don't want to wear it. <laughs> So, like, The Rock and the man, and man kind of had a rivalry leading up to this, and it was kind of in a way of keeping Stone Cold and The Rock apart. But now we're going to have that big meeting. But The Mankind is still a world title contender, and he still has a lot of history with The Rock. And in order – and he just wants to get in McMahon's way because he hates Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon is trying to get Stone Cold injured before WrestleMania the coming Sunday. So he's announced a main event of Stone Cold versus The Big Show, Paul White. Yeah. That was his full name at the time. It was Big Nasty before that, which was fantastic. Well, that's it, too close to Big Sexy to me. Like, Yeah. He had like four or five different names. It was weird. Did but they all it, have Big in it? Yeah. Gosh. It was all Big. Um, so she just pa- called him Big. Big Paul White. <laughs> or just Big. Just hey, big. big. Anyway. <laughs> the Big. The Big. <laughs> the Big. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, so... In order to make it a little bit more fair, The Rock has to. Uh, the Rock was going to be the special guest referee uh, if McMahon got his way. But Mankind went to Shawn Michaels or somebody, whoever the commissioner was at the time, and now they're going to have a. Now they have to fight to see who's going to be the special guest referee in the Raw main event. Now this referee storyline will continue into the WrestleMania, which we'll get to next week. But there will be a special guest referee in the main event of WrestleMania as well, and that will be between Paul White and Mankind. So, everybody caught up? Yeah. It's a little confusing. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of characters involved. That was, yeah. So, we got two matches. Rock Mankind leading into Stone Cold Paul White. The Rock continues to talk trash, and all of a sudden, the glass breaks, and a big-ass beer truck comes down to the ring, and the crowd is going, can I, I'm going to ape shit. Yeah, yeah. They are going nuts. We already broke the seal on swearing. We're all good. Right. Yeah, he almost knocked the Titan Tron off. <laughs> yeah, the Titan Tron gets hit, which actually it cuts out in like the next match, so you know some damage was actually done. And this, I think, this was the first thing he drove to the ring, and it was based and it was started. This is what yeah. started like the trend of him driving random things. Actually, to, he drove the Zamboni. Was the Zamboni the first? Last, yeah, the Zamboni was first. Was that, that that was that uh, the fall? The, the, the belt, yeah, that was the, the new belt, the fallout of the uh, Survivor he, Series, because right? he. Uh, not Survivor Series, uh, Breakdown, because he, uh, McMahon took uh, Stone Cold's Smoke and Skull about the Undertaker Kane pinned him in Breakdown. Right. Yeah. And then the next night in, uh, in Detroit, <laughs> Joe Lowe's Arena, he drove the Zamboni down, and, you know, you can see the, the beer Zamboni, and it says, uh, it's got the Red Wing logo on the side and shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's so, awesome. That's, that's the first one. That's yeah. probably the coolest thing that's ever happened in Detroit. You don't think the giant getting thrown off Cobo Center Hall and dying, but coming back to beat Hulk Hogan later that night was not cooler? Ooh. He fell off Cobo Center Hall. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And lived and then came back and won. I know. They never fi- fixed the pothole. He fell He fell in the <laughs> That's river. That's such so. a Detroit joke. <laughs> <laughs> I think later on. The damn well, I think later on. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't talk about this raw. But like later, later on, like a couple raws. Um, like a few, like next month, like a few rolls afterward, like after the Stone Cold and the Rock, when the Stone Cold and the Rock still had their feud right before Backlash, uh, I think like um, 
the Rock Page Stone Cold back by um, from when Stone Cold threw his Intercontinental belt in the uh, in the uh, ocean or the river or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, the Rock takes his Stone Cold Smoking Skull belt, and they're fighting like near the Detroit River or whatever, and Rock throws his belt in the river, and then he stole Stone no he throws Stone Cold in the river, really? <laughs> and then he's like. Uh, Here's Stone Cold. You take this belt to hell with you and threw it, <laughs> threw it out on the river. I think that happened in Detroit too, or whatever they shot in Detroit. But yeah, that'd be a fun episode. We should do like all the famous moments of wrestling that happened in Detroit. That was, yeah, yeah, we could. There's a lot of WCW stuff too that happened here. So they because they always did like an annual pay per view here, pretty much. I, honestly, the craziest thing. The side story. Uh, one of the last times I went to wrestling, and this is years ago, it was at Cobo Hall, and they did the kiss cam. And that's how I found out one of my improv teachers was dating another improv teacher. Like, what? No. <laughs> it's like seeing like your high school like teacher kiss. And you're like, that's so weird. <laughs> that's hilarious. They got on the kiss game. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. So we all know what happens. Like Stone Cold shoots, uh, hits the corporation with like the beer hose. And McMahon is swimming on in the ring trying to get out of like the spray. It's hilarious. It's iconic. It's shown over and over again in highlight reels. But I do have to say, this is my favorite Stone Cold promo of all time. With him talking about, I'm going to go to... Uh, where so, the, so he talk about, he's talking about The Rock. like Spinning your little nursery rhymes. Nursery you better rhymes, get your yeah. ass serious, son. Because I'm going to walk into Philadelphia, go check right into the SmackDown Hotel, walk right into room 316, and proceed to burn that son of a bitch to the ground. Mm-hmm. Like, that was pretty good. That's dope. That's really good. Like his like Stone Cold had the best line. Like he maybe didn't come up with as much original stuff as like The Rock did with all these right. catchphrases and sayings, but he could respond in the best possible way. Like the Stone Cold three sixteen came from a response to a Jake the Snake promo. Yeah, his responses were so freaking good. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you said it. Like The Rock creates content. Goldberg's a great, or not, sorry, God, no, he's not. Goldberg. Goldberg's not a great anything. Uh, uh, Stone Cold's great at taking what exists and making it his own, and that there's an art in that as well. You know, that's a really good. That's like a great improv partner. Like, yes, ending everything that's being creative and, and creating your own narrative using that. So taking, I hear what you're throwing down. I'm, I'm gonna yes and that and and create something, and then together we're creating. You know, yeah. and there there's conflict in that and. It's, that's pretty cool. And by doing so, it's like him acknowledging everything that the other guy is saying, so it makes it more legit as yeah, well. Yeah. It's it's great. They had chemistry. They're icons. I mean, it was it was just a rare time in wrestling when you have guys of this level all at the height of their careers at the same time. And definitely one of the best feuds in, in wrestling history. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Easy, I mean, easily the Rock, Stone Cold, Rock, Mankind. Those are like two of the greatest rivalries ever. And I, I loved them. Um, then we go on to a new rivalry, which is the tag team, former tag team champions, the New Age Outlaws, are going to have a match against each other, title for title. Billy Gunn, badass, Mr. Ass, is, I'm just dropping a lot of A-bombs there, son. He's been holding back for two weeks. Let it go. I mean, that's his name, Mr. Yeah, Ass. Mr. Ass, yeah. I mean, they say it on TV. You know how that name came about? So... He was B.A. Billy Gunn, Badass Billy Gunn, which was a cool name. Mr. Ass, not so cool. Not a little, I mean, not, it's just weird, right? Yeah. Road Dog was joking in front of Vince McMahon. He was like, with Billy, he's like, yep, Badass. First name Bad, last name Ass. You can call him Mr. Ass. And Vince McMahon's like, ha, 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 that's what we're going to do now. <laughs> so they changed his name. <laughs> they changed his name to Mr. Ass, and that's when you get the lips and the weird erotic song. I don't get the I don't get the lips on it. <laughs> no, I kiss my ass. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That, oh, all right. That makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it would have made. Sense. <laughs> I don't like it. All right. It would have made sense if like, that was like his gimmick match, like the coffin match, like the casket matches to the Undertaker, oh, the kiss yeah. my ass matches to Mister Ass. Or if but he, like, he was like never a, in, and I think he was in one, maybe one. If he did like a Bronco Buster or reverse Bronco Buster, that you would force someone to to literally kiss his ass. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would have worked. Maybe. Yeah, it'd been something. I don't know. I'm I'm not. I'm not pro Bronco Buster at all. Uh. But yeah, okay. I got you. Um, 
So they're going to have a match, and they're kind of teasing this team breaking up because they're going title for title. And leading up to this, they had the Road Dog have been trying to win the hardcore title and failed. And Billy Gunn have been trying to win the Intercontinental title and failed. And then they just kind of accidentally won the opposite titles. Road Dog won the Intercontinental. Billy Gunn won the hardcore. And now they're having a fight for winner take all. They are the, the match is a great match, but they're interrupted by all of the contenders for their respective titles going into WrestleMania. So both these guys are going to be in big multi-man matches in the upcoming WrestleMania. Road Dog with Gold Dust and I believe Ken Shamrock and Val Venus in a four-way elimination match. And then we have the announcement that Billy Gunn's going to be taking on Hardcore Holly and Al Snow in a hardcore title match. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, Billy, and Hardcore Holly, man, he is underrated. Yeah. He is yeah. badly underrated. I do like how they make fun of, like, like Bruce Pritchard make fun of him, like, you can give me the belt, yeah. <laughs> and then what? You can give me the damn belt, and then what? I beat everybody. <laughs> I stopped racing cars and started kicking ass. <laughs> um, let's see, what else? What's some other major storylines going into this? We have the Corporate Ministry. I'm not the Corporate Ministry. We have the Ministry of Darkness. I do like corporate ministry. <laughs> well, well, it was it was corporate ministry later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would become yeah. later later on that that summer, they, which is they did that shit, which was kind of was kind of weird. Kinda I liked corny. it though. I did. I, I did know. like it. I feel like though that was a bit rushed because I I think it would have been cooler if you had this other heel faction that was just devastating, and then you have like the corporation that's also like really powerful. Mm-hmm. For a while, it was kind of like the Wyatts and the the Shield when they first crossed paths together, because mm-hmm. they were both respectively like just beating up everybody. Yeah. And the first time all six men were in the ring face to face, man, everybody went nuts. And then they threw it away. Like I don't know, I, I don't remember how it ended because I didn't see it. I didn't. I mean, they it, they had like one match and it was. Eh. Yeah, all that build up, you got to really. That could have been like a that could have been a WrestleMania like semi main event. Because it's, it's a very much unstoppable force, immovable object, you know. Yeah. So I mean, like, so in comparative, comparatively, like, but the corporate, the corporation starts butting heads with the Ministry of Darkness really early on. Um, one funny thing I did enjoy was when the the Ministry arrives in the building because this is the time when they're showing all the people coming in. And you got Midian coming in and like his regular, he's got like his, his own shirt on and his he's black. The acolytes are like wearing jeans and like white t-shirts or something. So they're all kind of dressed normally. And then the undertaker comes in, like they are all coming in together and he's in the full black hood, like dressed like the devil. So it's like, they, that's how they just travel around. Undertaker just looks yep. like the devil all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was funny because it was just like regular dress, regular dress, regular dress, and the devil. <laughs> um but yeah, so there, so that's going on. So this this new heel faction led by the Undertaker is kind of messing with Vince McMahon as well, and he's also got the Stone Cold problem. So there's a lot of problems with the corporation. So in our other major, one of the other major storylines right now, Triple H is in a rivalry with Kane, and he's fighting with Kane, who is against his will a member of the corporation. But Vince McMahon kind of has him in the palm of it, is kind of controlling him. So they're having a rivalry versus DX a little bit. Kane shot fire at Triple H, but it hit China in the face. And when I mean hit China in the face, like he shot a bottle rocket that was on fire and it popped her right in the eyeball. <laughs> it was like oh, the, it the looked mo- amazing. It was yeah. the most successful use of fire in the history of the World Wrestling Federation. It has never worked as well or ever again. Memphis is the only territory that can use fireballs correctly. WCW and WWF had a I history of that. Think luck. about what was it? WrestleMania five or six, where they did that to Hogan, where the dude popped up on the side of the uh, the ring with the the camera. Yeah, and, like during the, was the it King Yoko? of the Ring, King of the Ring, Yoko. Yeah. That's when Yoko beat. Yeah, him. the Yoko Zuno match, and how bad that looked compared to the one that China took in the face. Like holy. That was incredible. And well, when did this happen again? I recall. It was the previous week, I think, or a couple weeks earlier. Oh, okay. um, yeah, Kane is trying to shoot fire into Triple H's face using his magical fire powers, and he shoots China right. Triple H ducks and it hits China. I mean, just square in the face. And 
So Kane's in the ring. He's got a match with Goldust, who we find out was Triple H and Goldust's get up, which he was great. Good. He looked good. Yeah. I, 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 even though I remember this happening, I completely forgot. So watching, rewatching again, like it got me. He, he surprised me. It was great. Yeah, I used to love it when, like, when, like, when Chris Jericho came out as Doink one time, and like, if when they do it right, it's awesome. It's so like, good. It's a great out, surprise. Yeah, it is. Uh, Triple H comes out, and like, all of a sudden, well, you think it's gold dust, and all of a sudden, he, as he's disrobing, he has some something in his hand, and he shoots. It's a flamethrower, and he shoots, flame. He shoots a flamethrower at Kane. Yeah, it's like a like a bazooka flamethrower. Yeah, it's like a t-shirt cannon that shoots fire. And he shoot, so he catches Kane on fire. Kane's rolling around, and then he rips his shirt, and everyone realizes that this is the lights come up. Everybody realizes it's Triple H. And I, man, I gotta give Triple H some credit. Like, I'm not the hugest fan of him, but this was genius. He's wearing his own T-shirt on underneath the Gold Dust outfit, right, the robe, but he's put it on inside out. So when he rips his shirt in half and it falls down to his waist, the DX logo is on the outside. So, so it's like he's selling, he's making yeah. sure like the brand logo was Don't out there. Don't drop the brand, man. That's you're in the t-shirt selling business, baby. Not that, the wrestling that, business. That was genius. I just kudos to him for that. I would, I've never would have thought of that. But yeah, that was genius. So that's I mean they have a good rivalry there. So like everybody is tied up in some kind of heated rivalry going into WrestleMania. Again, this is this is such a great era of wrestling. Uh, we also have the Brood, who is somewhat battling for the tag team titles. They're in the running. It's Christian, Edge, and Gangrel. This is the vampire phase with all the bloodbaths. They had just given Deborah, mm, mighty fine Deborah. Wouldn't she, uh, Jake, had, on a scale of one to 10, well, how would you rank Deborah? Shit, like 500. 500, all right. Uh, Deborah or Sable? Deborah. Me too. I'm Deborah. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm, yeah, I can see that. All right. That's not an answer. I'll go Deborah. <laughs> Can't play both. <laughs> Although Sable, I will, Sable had a match on this this Raw, and this was the best she ever looked. It was just after her Playboy, um, the, one of the highest selling issues of Playboy of all time. She was the cover girl, and she was looking great. Yeah. Uh, She's not the best wrestler in the world, but she looked all right. You don't take this the wrong way. This is not a complaint. Like, but I don't see any of the female wrestlers doing that now. You know, like that was like a kind of a thing back during this era, but I don't think any of them would do this now. And like, I think that's kind of a good thing too. Like, they're taken serious. They're not just not kind of a good thing. It's a good thing. Like, like, like yeah, they actually they thank you. Yes. They're wrestlers. Like they're wrestlers. Yeah, they're taking serious wrestlers, and uh, and their shit is better than the the men's shit. Oh, by far, by far. Oh, the, yeah. the women now are way better storytellers, and. Jake, you Asuka's said this, my favorite. I gotta say, she, you said this she's before, one of my favorite characters like, on any show. They could just have an all female wrestling like program, and it it would kick everybody's ass. Just do all, just do a pay per view, and then just keep doing them. You know what I'm saying? They, it could stand on its own, definitely. Do a uh, fuck, do a fucking. Have they done a Queen of the Ring yet? Have they done that? No, but they should. We should fucking. Do I like that, that. Queen of the Ring. Queen of the Ring. That'd be great. Got a nice ring to it. Oh, Especially if uh, God, if uh, Charlotte doesn't win, and like it, that would just that right there is instant heat. Even, uh, easy rivalry, for like easy. A year. Whoever wins that, oh man, watch your back. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but uh, anyway, but yeah, I like Deborah. I always like Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, Terry Reynolds was one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, she was another one of my favorites. Yeah, but Deborah was bad, man. I think she was. She was with Jeff Jarrett or Stone Cold or somebody at the time. She had a couple of different wrestling. She husbands. was with Def. She was Def Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. She was with Jeff Jarrett. I don't like. She was like. Yeah. She was like. She would escort him to the ring and then. Yeah. Like, wasn't uh, she with first with Mongo, Steve McMichaels, then with Jarrett, know. came over to WWE, and then then met Stone Cold. Yeah, I don't know if her and Jarrett. I can't remember if they had an actual relationship or, or not. Just working. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah, but she do She was married to Stone Cold for a while. Yeah. Uh, let's see the other big rivalries we have. We have mentioned it already. Shane McMahon and X Pac. They're gonna even have like a little teaser match before the WrestleMania match for the European title. Mm-hmm. It's a street, a Greenwich street fight. So Greenwich, Connecticut, the rich yes. neighborhood. They and they 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 talked about this in the beginning of the show. They did a couple segments in the middle of the show. 
they just they they talk they really talk this up, especially like Shane. Yeah, I mean Shane, I liked this version of Shane. He was a good heel. There was no redeeming qualities about him. He was a spoiled rich brat. kid, a rich, yeah. spoiled rich kid who thought he was a badass, and he has his friends in sweater vest called the Mean Street Posse. So they're a gang, and they beat people up. So, I mean, how threatening would you find the Mean Street Posse, Jake? I would never. If I ever got beat up by somebody, some nigga named Pete Gas. (laughs) 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 Oh, I just got lightheaded. I laughed too hard. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) If I ever got beat up by somebody named Pete Gas, I would fucking. That is like the worst thing. I would. I would take every pill in my medicine cabinet. I would <laughs> fucking, I would, I would kill oh, myself. No. Okay. No. Oh, what happened to Jake? Oh man. Well, on Monday he got beat up by Pete Gas. On Tuesday he, I want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> on Wednesday it's a funeral. <laughs> uh, fucking Pete yeah. Gas. I didn't even think about that. He couldn't give her the Pete Gas, man. I don't know. <laughs> oh man. Nigga ain't Pete Gas. <laughs> Yeah, wearing a sweater vest. Um, So the Main Street Posse, just like that, did its job. It was a humiliating group that thought they were tough, and they jump X Pac in the lot in the parking lot. So you don't really get the match. They're just kind of giving you a teaser of the rivalry leading into the main event, leading into WrestleMania. I wish these guys. I I know they were just friends and stuff like that, and it's kind of cool of Shane to, to involve them. In, in this industry and you know have fun with your buddies and you know make the most out of what it is but if you sell me on a match i don't think it, it, okay you don't have to give me the match but give me something and two car full of dudes kind of shoving x-pac into a wall and like just holding them there for five seconds then running away to me is not a beat up you know not a beat down you know like they they something else should have happened i don't know it wasn't it wasn't much there and I think that's my only complaint about this whole Raw. And now, have you ever heard me talk about like last week's Raw? I have so much to complain about. So I mean, it's a little nitpicky. I get it, but I just wish there was a little more something there, a little more substance. Okay, yeah, that's arguable. And the thing is, though, like I didn't think about it until you mentioned it, but it felt like there was a lot more there. You know, they they did a great job, even though there maybe there yeah. wasn't that much actual wrestling on this show, but. It felt like there was. Okay. Yeah, they did a great job camouflaging it. Uh, we go into oh, they have the boss man versus Undertaker's going into WrestleMania. So the corporation versus the ministry. I love this version of Big Boss Man. Yes. Like I'm so happy he came back from WCW wearing the like the SWAT team uniform. He had a, a, a tag team champion, hardcore champion. He had a lot of success. I think it was Intercontinental Champion too for a brief second, maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, as a member of the corporation, he had a, he had a great run, and I was like, you know so happy for him because he was he was awesome. Oh, he looked great. Yeah, actually, he he looked in better shape than he did when he was in WrestleMania. He just looked great. Like, oh, was it Ray Trailer? Yeah, Ray Trailer. Yeah, in the, in the new SWAT uniform, updated everything, made it look slick. I, I liked it. Yeah, the only thing he he was supposed to be having a big run with Stone Cold at this time, but he missed his cue at the Survivor Series. Oh, so. In Survivor Series, when The Rock won the title, uh, Stone Cold had to lose in this tournament. And how he was going to lose was going to get a chair shot to the back of the head or back, or just back, from the Big Boss Man. But Big Boss Man was talking to Undertaker or somebody about another spot they were doing later in the match. Big Boss Man was on that show like ten times. And he missed his cue to go out there and hit Stone Cold. So Gerald Briscoe did it, but he just, eh. Oh yeah, that the tink heard around the world, as they call it, in the like the the smart fans call it, I guess. But he barely swings this chair, and but Stone Cold has to sell it, and mankind beats him, I think. Uh, man. So that's so yeah, that's kind of how Big Boss Man, I think, lost a little bit of steam, but he's still rolling pretty strong here. He's like the the enforcer for the corporation, and he's got a big match with the Undertaker at WrestleMania, so you can't. That's still a big match. I mean, yeah, that's he, an Undertaker right? match. Yeah, and we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about that one. Let's, let me tell you a little spoiler for next week. It's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be a lot of talk about that match. Yeah, 
<laughs> it ain't gonna be good. No, it's not. It's not gonna be positive. It's not. I don't even think we should talk about it. But anyway, good <laughs> <laughs> uh, choice. All right. <laughs> so before we talk about the main event and its implications to WrestleMania, I do want to mention one other storyline that's going on that's kind of gonna 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 come to an end kind of this week. It's Jr. as a heel. So JR's had his second bout of Bell's palsy, and it was worse than the first, and he still has a lot of facial paralysis. But they have him come back, and he's acting like he's not—he doesn't—he wants to do his job, but they won't let him. So he's built—he like—he had doctor—he has Doctor Death as his bodyguard, and he—they like at one point in time they built a separate announce desk, and he hooked himself up and would just announce from this little bitty desk that they built like during the show. Um, it was—it's—it was weird. I didn't. I didn't. I don't like Jr. as a heel, but and it, and it comes to an end at WrestleMania when he is asked by the wrestlers to come announce their match, Stone Cold and The Rock. So Jr. will be announcing the main event. This is a little bit of spoiler, but he he comes out at the end of the WrestleMania to announce the main event because the rest because The Rock and Stone Cold wanted him to call that match, and that's when they kind of squash this whole he's a bad guy thing out yeah. of nowhere. But I did want to bring that up because it was a running theme. There was a lot of like moments. When he's in a fraternity house doing a Jr. is Raw party. I completely forgot about this whole thing they used to do. I don't with even the remember fraternity this. houses. They used to do this like at least once a week, and and you could like sign up your fraternity house for have WWE host a party. And well, I think it was like they're they were kind of making fun of the Nitro party thing that was a thing. Oh, okay. The Nitro okay. party was like you film you you and your friends watching Nitro, and then like if they like it, they might do something with that. You. Okay, I, I did get that mixed up. Okay, yes, that makes more sense. Yep. Okay. So that's I think they're just kind of like getting a shot in at WCW. Well played, well played, yeah. sir. Okay. All right, now on to the main event. Mankind has defeated The Rock earlier in the evening, so he gets to be the special guest referee. So now we know it's not going to be a one-sided Big Show versus uh, Stone Cold in the way that McMahon wants. It's going to be a little more even because Mankind is there and he likes Stone Cold. So we have the Big Show versus Stone Cold. The Big Show's only goal is to injure Steve Austin before WrestleMania so The Rock can get an easy victory. But thanks to Mankind and chair shots and turnbuckles being removed and a whole lot of cheating that the referee just happened to miss because it was the good guy cheating. Yeah. Uh, Stone Cold gets out relatively unscathed. But what do you think about this match? Big Show, young Big Show, it's like maybe he's only been around not even for, well, not even for a year yet, I think, with the WWF. Because he came in, no, he came in a, a year ago, February. So he's been around for one year. Nah, nah. It was like, that. it was that February. Oh, was it the previous February? It was, it was, it was that Sorry. Yes, year, you're right. You're right. It is the same year. It is he, the same year. He came. He debuted that Valentine's Day massacre shit when he. You're exactly he, right. He came out. He came out from a under the ring, like he busted a hole in the ring, like during the the cage match with Stone Cold. And, oh um, my God! I completely Man. forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Pre, the previous wow. month at the previous month's pay per view, St. Valentine's Day massacre in Memphis, Tennessee, at the Pyramid, the uh, Big Show. Paul White makes his debut by coming up through the ring to be the new big enforcer for the for the corporation. And all he does is make mistakes, basically. That's kind of like his gimmick. He just keeps screwing up. But he's still like a big, powerful dude. But he got The Rock disqualified. He threw Stone Cold into the cage so hard the cage broke open and Stone Cold won the match. He just keeps making mistakes, which is going to cause some controversy later on in the stories. Mm-hmm. But... But that's kind of a theme that that went throughout his whole career, like almost good enough, like all the potential. And I want to say never lives up to it, but doesn't get to display it a lot. And it, it kind of bums me out because he, he was a decent performer. He's a he's a likable guy. Uh, if you would have put a manager with him, there there's a lot of charisma there that that could have been used. I, I just don't think they used him correctly. I think they used more for. A, more of a prop than a than a wrestler, you know. Hmm. Like I, I think about like all the like the way they. they I think they if they use would have used them the same way they use Andre, it would have been great. Okay, so more of an attraction, not on TV every single week. 
Right. And, and you know, successful more than not would have been kind of cool. Like, I get in the beginning making that part of the gimmick. I, honestly, I don't, I don't think they should have started with this gimmick this way. But maybe down the line, him start making mistakes if they wanted him to turn or get turned at some point. But, like, he should have just been, like, a, like a strong presence rather than, you know, mm. have what they did. Like, comedic almost. Because, uh, like... You have that, then you add the layer of mankind also cheating within the match to to help out Stone Cold by hitting him with chairs and stuff. You know, why why do you need both elements? Yeah, I'm just saying, and that's just a preference thing. You know, if you're gonna make him a monster, he needs to be a monster. Yeah, I like having a monster around. I miss having Vader during these kind of matches and stuff like that. And I think they do that to a lot of the bigger big guys. Like they would, yeah, you know. He could be threatening if only he wasn't so clumsy, you know. Yeah. Okay. Because they did that. They did that with Yokozuna a little bit. They did that with God, uh, the Big Boss Man. They did that with uh, Typhoon getting an earthquake. You know, Tugboat. Who was the same guy? But like, you know, all that thing. Like they just let, let the big man's play. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. Let the big man's play. It's an interesting argument. Jake, what do you think about Big Show in his career, at least at this phase? Um, it was exciting for like a second. Yeah. Well, for like a second. Yeah, he Yeah, he was very underused. And like even like later that year, like like when he had like he had like that short championship run or whatever. It was uh that was kind of bad too. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I didn't. That, that, that was kind of like that was kind of weak. Yeah, he, like, he he had a very weak championship run later, like when he um when he won that triple threat match, that Survivor Series when Stone Cold got ran over, kayfabe ran over or whatever. But like, yeah, that was uh yeah yeah he's very underused and very you know Vince like. Vince don't know like Vince get all these big guys and really don't know what to do with them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he likes like, big guys. And like well, he likes the 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 muscular guys, but he also wants my, like I don't know. Make a decision, Vince. I don't know. <laughs> but like yeah, I I think uh like he's good, like he's good. I, I respect him as a performer and like talented whatever, but like he just got under he got underused. He got or not under no, I won't say underused. He got um misused. Yeah. yeah, pretty much what you just said. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I, I will say this. like With the debut and his debut thing is how he keeps messing up. I've never seen anybody make a debut that was – and, like, they come out and like, it's a big, a big pop, and then but then they lose or they, they mess up. And it's really difficult for that person or group to be successful – I mean, at the very least, it's going to set them back. And it's going to take them a long time to build up credibility to be considered somebody who is uh, a threat or top level. Like, you think about the Radicals, they all lost a lot, like, at their very beginning when they first came out. Like, they had their matches to get their contracts, and they all lost. Yeah, but I think as people who are – because I kind of remember that going down, I think the the zeitgeist was – had a feeling of um, not like ice, but but the audience had a feeling like Vince is doing this to show that WCW was never as good as WWF. So now that you're in the WWF, you're gonna have to step it up a notch, or you know you can't have like the the WCW, WCW guys or their their champ come and beat our guys. You know, you sounded like Lex Luger just then. I know, like never see. I, I your steroids hurt. <laughs> oh, you get to point your finger when you talk if you want to be like Lex Luger. Uh, there's, anyway. there's a. I mean, I, I agree <laughs> with you, and there is a, there is a certain level of, like, I mean, that, that is the correct way to look at it because if you think guys coming from the outside and they always beat your guys, you're just saying that the people from the outside are better. Correct. Um, at the same time, I. St- I, I I feel like there's uh, it's difficult when you debut and lose to it's just gonna set you back. It's gonna set you back a while. It took the radicals a long time to become main eventers, you know. Oh yeah. When they I think talent wise they were there, you know. Um and 
same thing with uh, Big Show. It took him a, like he was also very young in the business. He'd only been in the business for four years at the most at this time. So it's he's still young in his career, and they just. But I agree, they wasn't a little misused. Yeah. Um, well, but but I thought something that he should have had um, in his favor is he came over from WCW. They didn't. He didn't, you know WCW had, didn't collapse, and then they got him. You know he wasn't acquired that way. He he made he jumped ship. Yeah. So yeah, he's a monster. Now he's our monster. We should have displayed him. He should have been King Kong. Like, oh, if this guy gets loose, we all are fucked. Mm-hmm. You know. I agree. But that's not the case right now. However, he is still a threat, and he's somewhat, or he's threatening, and he's he's the heavy. It takes a lot to beat him. They beat him with a chair and all kinds of stuff, and get that stunner, and man, the place goes crazy. Stone Cold gets the win. And then we're going to WrestleMania. Rock versus Stone Cold. We got Triple H versus Kane. Shane versus X Pac. Billy Gunn and Road Dog versus a plethora of people, respectively. Yeah, it's a, a big ass WrestleMania. That's going to be good. It is going to be a fun one, guys. This is the beginning of the Rock, WrestleMania, Rock and Stone Cold WrestleMania trilogy. It's going to be fun. And we will see you guys next week. So until then, my name is Alex Ketchum. Bob Wick. Jake Russell. We'll be going for the leg. Hold up now. Before you go, we here at the WrestleManiacs podcast want to thank you for listening. We want you to know that this is a podcast by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your stories, your comments, your questions, so we can make this podcast as good as possible. Now, in order to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Facebook at WrestleManiacs podcast on Facebook, or you can email us at WrestleManiacsPod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at WrestleManiacsPod. Thank you for tuning in. We want to also thank Gabber Media. You can check out all their other great shows or however you get your podcast or at GabberMedia.com. See you guys next time.